our end goal is to, to do something right and have fun doing it, put kids into colleges and give them more opportunities than they had before they got here. That was Bridgeton Academy soccer coach Jim Hopkins, and he's the guest on today's episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Welcome to New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast, the podcast for serious soccer players and their supporters to help further their development and navigate their way throughout their soccer careers. And now, here's your host, Matt Langoni. Welcome into another episode of New England Soccer Journal's The Goal Podcast. Today, I'll be joined by Bridgeton Academy soccer coach, Jim Hopkins. Jim, thanks so much for taking the time with us today. Thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is season four for you now at, at Bridgeton Academy, and it's going quite well so far. 13-4-3 overall record as we record this. 6-2-2 two two record within the NEPSAC. In your estimation, how have things been going this fall? What's been working for you? I'm just starting off with one-year one year program where you're getting new guys in every year. It takes a little while, but it's just a great group of kids that bought in. Um, we we started off slow by we played the New England Revolution U19s and got beat up a little bit in preseason. And the guys realized that it's uh, 21 guys. Say there's competition for every spot, and we start new. But really playing some good soccer right now. Took a couple months to get get going, and we're playing our best ball right now. It's just I got to keep it going. Yeah, I just want to. I definitely later on want to touch upon the structure of the program and and how you go about building it. Obviously, it's it's unique with it being a one year kind of players there for one year, a one year stay, and then and then gone to to college soccer. Hopefully, we'll get into that for sure, but. This season, I know an interesting factor for you has just been the amount of travel you guys have had and just the the being on the road and you're you're up in Maine anyways, so often you're traveling a lot to begin with. But what's what's that been like, just the journey of the season? And yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, this year with the amount of games, we'll finish up with 22 at the end of the year. But yeah, we've gone about 34, 3,500 miles. I tell the kids we went to California, it's <laughs> coming back. Being up in Maine, a lot of guys, just their programs can't make it up here. So if we want to play good competition, we have to go. I mean, we went to Albany for a Saturday, Sunday tournament, came back home, rested for a day, and then we went back out to play Northfield Mount Hermon on a Wednesday. So but even our local games are two hours away. We're, we're traveling. We have half-day Wednesday, so we keep the kids in class as much as we can. So our schedules are Wednesday, Saturday, Sundays. But yeah, only five or six home games this year. We'll probably have seven or eight next year. But expanding our schedule with some really good uh, college uh, reserve teams as well. And uh, so we'll play anyone and get guys in front of coaches is the most important thing for us. Yeah, one thing that definitely has stuck out to me about about your program i noticed that last year when you guys were in albany in 2021 is just i mean you played one day and then you're back out there playing the next day and i know part of that is you have a big roster and you got a, a lot of players that can that can get some minutes for you but to me it just seems like it's a program filled with hungry players looking to kind of show what they can do and also show the type of team player they can be yeah, it's the culture of the program has gotten a lot better. And I think I've really worked on that with my assistant coach, Austin Farwell. Austin's been with us for two years. I'm talking about what we need to do in the first couple of weeks for guys to buy in because they're all hungry. They all come from good programs. A lot of them were their starters and, and the best players on their team. And now they're coming to a team that the first time they might have to sit the bench and not get that time or, or earn it at practice. But yeah, the, the travel is sometimes a little bit too much, but I think it teaches the kids how to travel, how to miss classes a little bit. We really try to make this year as close to a college year as possible. So when they do leave here, that their 19-year-old freshman is going to be that much better for the college coaches 
And and I think that's a, a feather in our hat and our, our players that do go, they, they're not just going to college, but a lot of them are getting some good burn at, at school right on right away. But the travel is sometimes a little hard, but we, we like it and the guys are hungry to play and they, they know that this three, four months is real important for them to find the school and the spot that they want to be at. In terms of this season, what's been, how would you kind of uh, identify what your team has been this year? Have you guys been an explosive offensive team? Has it been a balanced side where you can rely on that back line and up top? Or how do you see yourselves this this season? It depends. We're kind of helter-skelter. I tell you right now, we, we played Proctor on Friday night and we, we probably outshot them 22 to three and they're a scrappy group. And we had a player from Senegal that played with them for three years and decided to do a PG year with us. And he had a big homecoming for him, but they fought extremely hard and we couldn't score. We had some great opportunities, but we couldn't hit the back of the net. And then there's other days that the, the game before we went seven, nothing against not, not as talented group, but you know, we're hitting the back of the net, our goalie, our goalie, Jake Mullen and Sean McDonald. And, and we have another guy, real good kid named Quinn Long, Longenecker that are splitting time in there. But our back line's pretty solid. We're not giving up too many goals, but you know, it depends on what day it is. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we come out and Brewster three nothing or we can lose two one. It's it's all that it's one of those things. Right. Eighteen year old kids. Right. Yeah. One thing that stuck out to me about you guys last year when I when I saw you and then I s I imagine I haven't seen you guys yet this year, unfortunately, but I imagine it's it's a trend that continues is you guys play with some physicality. And I wonder how much of that is the experience these these guys have because they're 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 older guys so they're they're they got some strength and they got some athleticism that maybe like a freshman in high school doesn't have so is that a staple of the program? I just, I just think that I mean we're we're more mature physically and and so but we also play a St. Joe's down the road their reserve team which Will Pike is a good friend of mine a good Division three program they wound up losing the semifinals last night but we play them first thing and they have. 20 and 21 year old guys trying to make their roster their their first team and um you know we got beat up by them 4-1 in the first game of the season and put us in our place and we we got knocked around by them or we'll play a southern Maine community college with 22 and 23 year old guys or a cmcc or we played a franklin paris's reserve team and merrimack's reserve team those guys are older than us so by the time we get beat up a little bit by those guys that when we go in and face a nepsack team that has very good players, sophomores and juniors and seniors, and they're just a little bit smaller. So we know that we can maybe get the advantage that way. We don't talk about it much. It's just, it just happens that way, I think. But we have to be tough. We have to be gritty. And, and we talk about that's what college coaches want. They don't want, they want guys to be able, losing the ball is fine, but how are you reacting afterwards and getting the ball right back and counter pressing? And we talk a lot about that stuff because I've been in the college game before and I know what guys are looking for and, and the grittiness of players because there's small margins if a guy, a college coach wants you. And a lot of times is being a good dude and, and working extremely hard on the other side of the ball is, is very important to us. Yeah, I think those early, those early season physicality tests are, are big. I remember back when I was playing in high school at, at Beverly High School in the North Shore of Massachusetts. And we used to go down for preseason scrimmage. We used to go down to New Bedford every year in the preseason and play a few teams down in the way down South Shore near, in the New Bedford era. Yeah. And they were more, they were, they played a more physical style of soccer than we played in our Northeast, Northeast conference. So it, it, it hardened us up. And I think the coach wanted us to kind of feel that physicality and get banged around a little bit to kind of harden the shell a little bit for the season. Hands down. I mean, we had some good guys from the South shore as well. And the, the Portuguese players down there, a lot yeah. of them. And I, I was in Massachusetts for a while. So I know that area pretty well. It, it makes a difference. It makes you, it makes you stronger. It makes you more resilient. You know, it's not going to be easy. Absolutely. Um, 
It's good. It's good for them. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. How do your players handle that traveling aspect? I mean, is it, does it actually pr- almost provide the team with more chemistry because they're constantly on the road like that with each other? I think so. I mean, we sometimes we take a couple of vans, so we'll have split, but a lot of times we all have a bus and just they're tired, but they're, they're, they're cracking jokes. They're getting to know each other. But like I said, it's a new team every year, so there's no leadership coming in. The leadership's got to be from myself and Austin and, and the rest of the community up at Bridgeton, you know. But once it gets, guys can open up a little bit more and have three or four hours both ways sometimes to a game to get to know each other. And, and I think it brings us together a lot. And it's fun. And, and the guys got to learn how to do it anyways. And they miss class sometimes because of our travel. But a lot of times our schedules revolved around that Wednesday half day. And the guys have really bought into getting to class. And we haven't missed any class at all this year. And I kind of scared them early. Like, if you miss class, you're not going to play. <laughs> so. But now this this group is pretty special. Uh, r- really, probably one of my f- favorite groups, and I've been coaching for twenty three years. Not just because of our record, but just really, really humble, good people. From we got a couple guys from Paris, France. We got a kid from Canada. We got a, a really nice kid, like I already mentioned, from Senegal. And our captain played in Spain for a couple of years, and then came back to the states. And he's heading out to St. John's in in the winter time. So it's it's good. Yeah, you guys, I know you recently, we, we spoke on email, you had four players, I believe, recently commit to college programs. How many, how many college commits do you have on the program right now? Yeah, we're still like out of the 21. We only have three official. We have Xander Haskell, who's the All-American from Maine, and then Ian Spiro and Cameron Boomsong. Ian's from Bolton, and Cameron Boomsong is actually from Paris, France. And those two guys are going to, Ian and Cameron are going to St. John's, and Xander's committed to Tony Merrimack. So yeah, we, we're, we're fighting every day, making phone calls, sending videos, doing the huddles, Zoom, all that stuff to get it out there. But we have a great college counseling department that helps with that as well. So, and yeah, so we've got 17 guys, if anyone's listening, that, that, <laughs> homes, that, that need homes next year. So, and we always find homes for them. Some of them are November, some of them are last day before graduation. It's all different. What would you say? What what is a college coach getting out of a Bridgeton Academy soccer player? What's the what's the mo you think they're going to bring to a to a college program? I mean, I hopefully, I hopefully, this is what they think. I I think the maturity of the year and our kind of motto is the year that does make a difference. And the individual, it's a year for the kid, for the individual soul searching guy. There's no, it's all boys school in the middle, of Western Maine, not much going on up here. Great Lake region, but the guys mature and they and they get a little bit hardened and. and they're going to they're going to compete cuz they have to compete every day at practice to find a starting spot. I don't know if I've had the same starting lineup at all yet this year. I mean, obviously some of it's pretty close, but guys are ready to go. I tell them it's a, you're you maybe an injury away or maybe someone misses a class and they don't go so you go, but the competition is great. We film everything from our practices to all our games, so guys work and we always say someone's always watching you. I I got an opportunity to coach because I was just working in the middle of nowhere and and someone saw me putting in an effort. So I think a lot, all the coaches will, would love to say that about their programs, but I think the guys that have left our program the last three or four years are really tough-minded, good people that are willing to work. And, and if they are not, they're, they're good people on the bench and will weigh their time their freshman and sophomore years if they go to those bigger programs. We've had a bunch of Division One commits over the last four years, and some of them are playing, and some are still trying to find and crack the roster at places such as Notre Dame and UNH and URI and Bryan College, Chicago State. And some guys are, are doing great and, and still trying to find their place on the team when they're sophomores or juniors. So we'll see. New England's Soccer Journal's The Goal will return after this. 
Hey, here's a great new idea in fundraising. Soccerheads New England Comedy Fundraisers. This is better than a stand-up show. It's an event that your community will never forget. You'll get soccer-themed comedy with Paul Nardizzi, who has been on Conan O'Brien, and Nesson Comedy All-Stars, along with Dave Radigan from Serious Radio Comedy, and Jim Roberti. There will also be giveaways and all sorts of extras. Want to make money for your soccer club and have fun while doing it? Email the guys at SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. That's SoccerHeadsNewEngland at gmail.com. Are you serious about playing your sport in college? Do you need a flexible education that allows you to maintain your practice and competition schedules while also preparing you to succeed at the next level? You should check out the University of Nebraska High School. UNHS is accredited and offers more than 100 online courses, including NCAA-approved courses to protect your academic eligibility. Students could earn a UNHS diploma or take a single course for transfer credit. Courses are college prep, self-paced, and available 24-7, 365. Enroll anytime and take up to a year to complete a course. Visit highschool.nebraska.edu today. Looking to keep up with all the latest news and information on New England soccer? New England Soccer Journal and NESoccerJournal.com are the premier resources for information and inspiration on the New England soccer scene. Have every issue of New England Soccer Journal, the magazine, delivered to your home or office. And don't forget to stay in the game every day with a digital subscription to NESoccerJournal.com to receive soccer coverage on clubs, college commits, prep and high school, division one, two, and three colleges, showcases, rankings, and so much more. Get in the game and behind the scenes now by going to anysoccerjournal.com. Just click on the subscribe button and start the subscription that is right for you today. New England Soccer Journal is a Siemens Media publication. Siemens Media. Inspiring. Informative. Insightful. When you're looking at potential players coming into the program year in and year out, what are the, you mentioned it's, a, it's, it's kind of middle of nowhere up in Maine. It's a kind of a one-year program. What do you, how do you try to sell the program to players? Or when you talk to players about the program, why it's a good fit for them? Is it really just something as simple as it's, this is that, that preparation year where, where you guys are going to get them ready for what comes next in their life? Exactly. I think I mean, we can sell it. It's, first of all, bring them up in the summertime for their, their visit where it's beautiful. And, right. I mean, the winters are long up here. When you come back in January, they're long. But the guy that's really in the middle of, hey, I, I really want to keep on pursuing my goals of being a Division One or Division Two guy to some guys who just want to, some guys just need a year to grow up and, and learn how to self-advocate for themselves and, and, and executive functioning skills. We got guys that just need to work on being on time and, and getting to class and doing those things. And, and we, we hold them accountable, not just me, but the whole community where we're talking a small classroom size of 12 and 13 to, to seven, seven varsity sports up here. And, and we all live on campus, me and my wife and two kids live on campus as well. It's a really family oriented environment where there's 160 new kids every year and they can be leaders right away. If they want to, they don't have to try to fit in because there's not that returning class. You, they can make it their own style. I, I don't know what style I'm going to play next year or what the group is going to be next year because it changes all the time, but it gives a kid like maybe a little bit of an introverted kid as well, an opportunity to, to be a voice and, and to be a leader. I mean, let's be honest, in four years, their, their soccer careers are going to be over most likely. Hopefully a few of them go pursue that, but even if that, it might be a couple more years and 
we, we're trying to build young men and, and to be leaders in the next place. I think that's the biggest thing for us. We, we, right now, we're talking about trying to get in the NEPSAC playoffs, but that's not our end goal up here. Our end goal is to, to, to do something right and have fun doing it but and, and put kids into colleges and give them more opportunities than they had before they got here. It's the biggest sell. We have a nice nice golf course up here as well. We got free skiing for the guys. We live on a long, long lake that's 11 miles long. If you like the outdoors, it's a sweet spot to be in. It's it's more than the soccer program, I'll tell you that much, and and it's it's a cool spot to live. Right? No, I can vouch for that. It's beautiful up there. I've spent plenty of summer summer days, summer nights up there. I, you brought up kind of an interesting point about how you don't know from year to year which style you're going to play, and that's that is really interesting because you have to be kind of a chameleon here. You got to change with with what's happening, and because you don't know what kind of skill set and what kind of roster you're going to have from year to year. Is that? a fun aspect of being the coach at Bridgeton or does that get stressful kind of not knowing what you're going to be from year to year? I think you just got to be patient. We're getting everyone playing time. September is, you know, we played 12 games, I think in September. So we're not too worried about that. We have a, we have a center back that was a forward his whole life because we didn't bring enough center backs in. We brought in six center midfielders and it just happened to be that way. And one where center midfielders is center back. So we played four, two, three, one, we played four, three, three, we played four, four, two the other day. And then we still not sure who our top 11 is because <laughs> guys, we had a couple bad injuries the last couple of weeks too. So guys have opportunities that didn't have as many minutes, but yeah, I mean, I think the style itself, I, I want, I want guys to develop and I want them to be better soccer players individually. you got to kind of balance that and the winning aspect, but if you do a good enough job recruiting, I think you have an idea of what you have. I see them maybe a couple times, especially during COVID when my, my first big class, I had no idea I was based on film. And I'm 46. I can put a five-minute film together of my skills, but you don't know how they are on the bench. You don't know how they are on the defensive side of things or how they are in the community. I think mostly the screening process for us is if you're a good person and, and you're, you really want to do this and, and you want to invest in doing this, and we'll take chances on anyone because we got to fill a roster up. Number one and and number two, it's 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 more than just the soccer stuff. It's 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 really the stuff I said before. And, and we don't want a ton of knuckleheads on the team, but you're going to have them. Right. But as long as you have a seventeen or eighteen of the guys that are buying in, then we can wheel the other three in. We just can't have a the screening process is through our admissions office, which is phenomenal. Probably the best team on campus is our admissions team. What they do every year with Joe Hemmings, our director that came down from Hebron about the same uh, four years ago, the same time I I got here, and and I, and and a couple other guys in the office that are phenomenal. So we got to go through a lot of guys. Now you have more than a decade of college coaching experience, so you've you've gone from that that college level to the to the prep level. Now, how much does that college experience that you've had benefit where you are right now, and kind of allow you to have these meaningful? conversations about what the next level is looking for in players I experience is, is phenomenal I mean, when I was at Dean College I was I, I did I had a high school stint for four years at Deering High School in Portland that's how I started but and those girls were the toughest girls I ever coached in my life still to this day they were awesome and shout out to Deering High School but I went to USM my alma mater I did a did a pro bono year in 06 and then I got a job at Dean College when I was a junior college and Rob Dow who's the head coach at University of Vermont sure. good friend of mine uh yeah, I took over the women's program for a couple of years there. And then guys like John Mark Andre came in for one year. He's assistant associate head coach at Providence. And so when, when he left John Mark after a year, I, I did six years on the, on the men's side at Dean. And th- those relationships I made there because they're coming here for two years and then I'm pushing them off to other colleges. I built a lot of meaningful relationships that I still keep to this day. And, and they're the ones calling me about players and, and my college, New England, if you name any school, I probably know someone on staff somewhere. So. 
they're always looking out for me. And, and the better we do up here and the better our placement is, hopefully I won't have to be on the road as much traveling and I get good recommendations. And if I get a recommendation from a John Mark or a, or a Hubbard from UNH, who I'm good friends with as well, or or Sam Madison down at Holy Cross, who's killing it, or Ruben Resendez. I mean, these guys call me up. I know they're going to be good players, and most likely they're going to be good people. Or they, those are the kind of armchair recruiting kind of stuff that I hope I can do a little bit more. But I still love being out on the road. Last night I was out and watching Yar- Yarmouth and Cape Elizabeth, a real good game of high school soccer in Maine. And I know some of my colleagues will be like, Maine soccer. No, it was real good. There's some <laughs> players up there. You can call me about these guys. But Mike Haggerty on, on one side, he's he's running the a new club after GPS kind of crumbled or whatever would have happened there. And he took over a, a club with a bunch of really good people, high school coaches that are doing a good job. But yeah, like I, I've got some really good relationships with guys and good friendships. And it's it's helped me out along the way for recruiting because we always take recommendations. Now, are you originally from Maine? No, I'm a I'm Bristol, Connecticut guy. Oh, you are? So, yeah, Bristol Central. Yeah, home of Aaron Hernandez. I know everyone, you know, but yeah, again, that that side of town. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, but no, I was there for twenty years. I, I took a couple years off after high school and just worked. And I and I walked I walked down the USM uh, University of Southern Maine as a twenty year old freshman and barely made the team. And I never, you know, needed to be a part of a team. That was one of the things I needed in life. And uh, once I graduated and played four years there and got my degree from there and was captain for three of the years, I just wanted to stay in the game. And I surrounded myself with some phenomenal coaches from Maine that really helped me through my pathway and a club called Odyssey Soccer Club that's never not there anymore, but it used to be run by uh, Doug Biggs and Andy Biggs, uh, his son, who's the head coach at Bryant on the women's side. And there was some phenomenal coaches, Todd Sniper, Joel Bancroft, who's leading the, the St. A's in New Hampshire. To I could drop names all day, but I, I learned mm-hmm. a lot from guys like Steve Quinones and Eric Miller. And, and it, it was crafted, you know, taught me how to grind a little bit more as a coach and, and get my licenses and, and do the things. Because, I mean, I was D3 guy that knew no one and I wanted to get in the, in the field. So I just worked, worked through those guys and worked hard to move my way up, you know. So you're a main guy now, though. You've been there for so long. Have you just have you really just kind of learned to love the the main way of life up there? So Portland, I don't want to say it anymore, but Portland, Maine is maybe my favorite city. I've traveled a lot. It might be mine too. It's probably my favorite. It's definitely my favorite New England city. I think without without a doubt. I lived I lived in Portland for like I think I was in the dorms at the Coral for two years. But twenty two to twenty nine, I had an apartment in Portland, maybe seven different spots and. Yeah, we, we had this phenomenal men's league team with all these Orono guys that would come down. We had a Scottish guy running it that was sponsored by Reroz and Brian Bruins. And, and it was, yeah, it was some great places. And and, and those guys all have kids that are going to be moving their way through. Hopefully we can get a couple of them in the future too. So yeah, <laughs> Portland's awesome. Great night out too. Oh man, it's food wise. And if you, if you like kind of the craft beer lifestyle, that, that, that taste for that, that's, it's great. It's just awesome. I mean, you can get yeah. the, the restaurant scene's phenomenal. Yeah, my my wife's a daring girl, so she's she's from Portland. So awesome. That's a yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so. Do you get back to Connecticut much these days? Or? Was bad. I'll be down there for a week over Thanksgiving. My folks still live down there. My mother and father are still up on Chipotle in the top, and uh, my brother lives down there as well. My brother Patrick. So we're gonna do a week down there. And, yeah, not as much, but you know, not much going on down there right. for me. And, but it, it's it was still a, a good place to grow up, and just Maine's home for sure now. Yeah. Do you? I was gonna, I was curious. Do you, do you guys land many players from the Connecticut area? Are you, are you guys pretty much dipping into? For New England states, is is Massachusetts kind of the the bread and butter recruiting spot? Maine, I mean, what's what's kind of your your big areas that you hit? Well, when I moved back after Dean, I I was director 
of Seacoast Maine for a little bit for a year and a half. It just wasn't, I had two young kids. It wasn't yeah. my, I, we got like seven Maine kids a couple years ago. We got four or five really good ones this year, but yeah, Massachusetts is a big bad New Hampshire. It's, we had about seven Rhode Island guys during COVID through my Bayside connections there and, and, and Rhode Island connections. But yeah, we're kind of dipping into the Canadian market a little bit too right now. We got some good guys coming out of there, but it depends on what year it is. But Massachusetts, North Shore, I got to give a shout out to Manny, Manny who, who coaches the North Shore, the old GPS. Yep. He's, he's put me on like six or seven guys in the last four years. Really good kids, good players. The Ian Spiro kid that's going to St. John's is one of his, but like we got a, we got a good thing going on the North Shore for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Now, I know obviously the goal is is to get in the Class A playoffs, and, and as we're recording right now, you guys are in, in good shape to do that. Time will tell how the next week or week, week and a half shape out, but how will you kind of view this season? I mean, you mentioned it's been one of your, your favorite groups. I mean, has this been, a, in your estimation, just a successful run this year, regardless of how November shapes out for you guys? I think so just because of our our overall goals as a staff and, and, and as a team that we put together of being, we're not missing any classes. I'll keep on going back to that where we're doing real well after the first quarter. Our academics are over three, five, I think, for our team GPA. So you put those in. But yeah, wins and losses, we're doing really well. We're battling. And I don't think if we if we don't get the call on that Saturday, obviously, I'll be really disappointed because because I think we, we're one of the top eight teams. And you can ask around about that. But sometimes we if we have a hiccup down the road, then someone's going to take our spot. And that's that's fine as well because there's so much good competition in NEPSAC. I think overall view of all the coaches in NEPSAC is is that they want their kids to get better. And, and play at a high level. And I think the more competition and the better the NEPSAC does and the better our kids are going to be. And then in the long run, our guys are going to be successful because they're just good people right now. They, they don't miss anything. They get there on time. They work hard. Our training sessions are a lot of fun. It's not, it's not like other year, a couple of years ago, maybe it was a lot of, a lot of bickering battling and they were a good group of guys too, but this year's group really loves each other. And it's and to see that happen in two months, it's it's pretty special, and I, I'm gonna miss this group when they go. But it's just like you don't have time to miss it because you gotta. <laughs> you gotta it. start working on next year already. It never. I, I, well, I, yeah, we are. We're we're ahead of the game already. So we we got guys coming up to our game tomorrow. So it's fun. Man, I yeah, I marvel at you guys. I mean, I feel like these days. I mean, for coaches, at prep school level, college level, there's just there really isn't much of an off time. I mean, the season ends, and you already have to really start looking at what you got next year, and it never yeah, stops. No I mean, I think if you set your goals of where you need to be and mission staff does that very well for us. If I can be at like nine or 10 before January 1st and then get the, get a bunch of them, you have 18 or 19 by graduation. It's, it's work. But if you can do that and then trickle in a couple, two or three at the, in the summer and, and enjoy yourself after graduation and, and take that time in, 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 there's no better place to be in, in the summertime than Maine anyway. So. And then you can have a your, your couple months of breathing before the preseason comes and spend time with my kids and go camping and we do a lot of outdoor stuff and that's real important to us and my wife's a widow right now and i think that's the soccer the soccer <laughs> style coaches that's it but she's a second grade teacher and she's she's awesome and she she allows me to do this and it doesn't give me too much grief but uh, <laughs> but she, she's the captain of our house for sure and it makes it makes it life really good when you have a good support system what's right now if you were gonna head to portland for a dinner what's the go-to restaurant do you have one right now that you like to hit or I listen, I don't, I, I don't know Portland like I used to because yeah. it's changed so much in the last five, six years. If I were to go to Portland, I'd have to be on the commercial waterfront and get some sushi. Yeah. Because I, I don't, I love sushi, but I used to work at the Great Lost Beer as well right at college. So awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll stop in there and get some wings and, and, and 
And <laughs> some of the people that I used to work with are still down there working. So I got to give a shout out to them. They're awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, Jim, thanks a lot for, for taking the time. You guys have had a great season. I'm glad we could catch up and, and talk about the program and talk about what you guys have accomplished. And obviously, best of luck as we wind down here. And hopefully, we'll see you in the playoffs. Appreciate the time. And thanks a lot for the reaching out to us. And we'll, we'll hopefully be in there in a week and a half, if not, on to next year. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm Matt Langoni. Thanks for listening. New England Soccer Journal's The Gold Podcast is produced by David Yaz and is a Siemens Media production.